Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. I'm here today with Aaron Ashland, the owner of the Cruisery on the 500 block of State Street. How are you today, Aaron? I'm good. I wanted to dive right in and talk to you about what so many of the businesses in this area are experiencing with the COVID-19 pandemic. You guys had to shut down in a rush, and then now you're, you've worked through that, and now you have this phased reopening and the city's been able to allow you to reopen with social distancing and you have the parklets it looks great out in front talk to me about what you've experienced since the shutdown and how you were able to endure survive and what the reopening in this phased mode means to you um well i think so i guess the first thing was we felt it was really important to close immediately and shutter all of our employees because we felt it would give them an opportunity to get unemployment quicker. Um, we knew that if we stayed open and tried to create a to-go centric business where we didn't have one before, it would take a lot of money and a lot of effort and it could all be over in a week or two or we could spend thousands of dollars and never make it back. So we thought that would put us in a worse position. So we just unfortunately had to let all 37 of our employees go from both companies. So. Um, now, you know, I guess between then and now, it was, I guess, scary. I watched the news sometimes five to six hours a day, but I guess um, I was kind of prepared for what was happening. We applied for loans, and uh, after the second round of funding, I received them for both places. So we're excited to have that as a backstop in case things aren't exactly the way we hope. Um, but uh, now that we're open at the cruisery, the support has been amazing. Um, the one thing that I think is Probably what catalyzed a lot of this is that the city council and the mayor on did things that I've never seen done before, which is they basically told, I think it was the city manager, like, we don't want to hear when we come back in two weeks. And this was over Memorial Day weekend, like before, like the day they when they started all this. And they basically told the city manager, we don't want to hear stories like we always hear about how it's, we were too difficult and the city wasn't helpful. We want to hear all the ways that you helped people get these patios and help these little businesses stay open so I'd never heard a, a city or a mayor say that to anybody so I thought that was pretty amazing and I would argue that that's exactly what happened and so I think that this, the, the city council and the mayor deserve a lot of this because I think they're going to save a lot of the businesses that make Santa Barbara special I don't think after the floods and the fires that too many people had even a dollar in their savings account because the summer between there wasn't very great so you know the Pascucci's and the Holdren's and the places that have been here for tens and 20 years maybe weren't going to make it back or if they did it may not have been for very long but now they have the support of these patios which is you know for very little money they're going to have an extra 5 10 12 tables possibly and i think that's huge that'll that seem to be the the coolest thing well every we open and those tables fill up immediately so i'm sure everyone's having the same problem like hey all of a sudden there's like the five busiest tables i've ever had are mm -hmm. right now free from the city so it's really a great start and the parklets i think are great and they're i think they're being really open-minded which i've never ever seen before in this city yeah they moved really fast so yep. those people who are always uh disappointed or frustrated with the city about the pace of how they do things the city has demonstrated in this case that they can move fast when they absolutely need to and state street looks entirely different closing the street to cars what went into your vision, your plan for the parklets? You seem to have one of the more prominent displays on State Street. What was the thought process on how you decided to set all that up? There's a couple of things that went into my decision. One is I 
argue, I would argue I ran a, I lived and died by my patio at Sandbar for 13 years. So um, I went to work every day to get a little bit better. So every day I tried to learn. So um, I'm trying to use that experience to decorate, to buy the right things, to build the right tables. Um, some of the things that I thought were important, I thought that um, sitting low on the street where there could be potentially homeless people, people you didn't know could potentially breathe over you, take food off your plates. I felt being in a higher position would give you a more confident, like I'm not really gonna get touched or molested by someone, not that you couldn't, but it would just, you know, you're kind of in a compromising position when you're really low. So yeah. I thought that just moving dinner tables out to the street would be a mistake, not a huge mistake, but one that I thought I knew better than to do because I thought there is a bit of a safety thing. So. Um, Having the flame heaters give you, um, they're not as warm as some of the other heaters, but they give you a great visual. Um, and I think we built, uh, we hand built some tables because I happen to have a guy that's an amazing handyman. Um, and so we had some reclaimed wood, so we made some tables that we are, they're a little bigger than probably most people would want to put out there. But we thought that because of our concept and because of that we're really trying to get a community and locals to still be able to come down here. Before all this, we, that was our goal. Like we have big communal tables because we want you to come down and meet new people and meet your neighbor and stuff like that and it not just be like a tourist trap of a corner, which is kind of how we felt it was before. Now you opened about two years ago or roughly or so? Yeah, like uh, 18 months or 18 something. 18 months. is December Santa Barbara. 2018. This yeah. place was the Santa Barbara Brewing Company before mm -hmm. and then you took over. What was it like? You sort of rebranded. You made it entirely different here with the bicycle theme. And, and, and you know the, the cruisery name. Talk to me about what it was like to be on State Street in this spot even before the pandemic with all sort of the challenges that were going on and for you opening a new restaurant and, and brewery. Um, so, you know, we felt that there were, we needed to kind of do a 180 from most of the things they had been doing because we, well, A, it didn't work. We didn't think. We thought it was a concept that maybe had been supported by some craft beer revolutions and some great sports teams that really had nothing to do with things that they had specifically done to make their place great. So we wanted to distance ourselves from that as much as possible. So we didn't depend on sports as much. Not you know we have TVs when the games are on, but we're we're not just a sports bar. So we thought the food when we took over the kitchen was very very dirty. I'll be nice and say it was maybe the dirtiest kitchen I've ever seen and so <laughs> when going through coolers and what really turned out to be freezers we found that all their food was frozen so they were pre they were purchasing stuff that was pre-made and then mm. just cook heating it basically um, so we just knew that um, we did some things like we have uh, like sushi on our menu like like raw fish that like you wouldn't expect to see and I think it makes a statement that we're comfortable and confident that we can handle things like raw fish and still not make you sick and that's not any breweries can say that. So we thought that, you know, while you might not try it, it might speak to the fact that we're, we know what we're doing and we hope that you see that. So that's kind of what we thought we'd do. The drinks are more, I think, women-centric. The bicycle is actually a female step-over bike because we wanted this place to not just be so male-centric, like yeah. a sports bar with crappy food and yeah. just wasn't, we just didn't have any desire to be that sort of place. So we just thought this was all kind of the opposite of what they were doing, so we thought yeah. it might work. Yeah, and so what was it like before the pandemic, just being on State Street? We know that Santa Barbara's been struggling with sort of uh, fewer people downtown, you know, retail storefronts uh, going away. You know, we always hear stories about how difficult it is for restaurants to open, the city planning process. 
uh, it's always a homeless issue. You know, uh, what was what, how were things going for you before the pandemic, and then maybe sort of explain, uh, you know, how it how it sort of transitioned overnight. So, um, not well. I would say <laughs> that I uh, was unpleasantly surprised by the lack of uh, people um, and the actual amount of. Uh, drug deals, drug addicts, people we kicked out of our parking lot. You know, we didn't open Unbearable, the back part of Cruisery, for probably six months. And there was one week where our general manager caught someone smoking something out of a glass pipe and like three days later caught someone about to inject something in their arm. Two different people in our parking lot. Like, and so we took a stand and every time we saw a car we didn't know, we started, you know, pounding on the, kicking the tires, get out of here, you know. And so we've been real dicks about it because we wanted to protect our customers and our employees and our and our business so i don't really think that's something that people should have to do like you the police should have been down here doing that stuff but you know they weren't i don't know exactly why i was actually had gone to city council the two weeks before COVID started and was i remember what you were pretty hot and so i was (laughs) i i there's a few things i'm still upset about but man they have the city council and the mayor have done so much and i the crazy thing is they're actually listening like i think they're young enough and they care so it wasn't pretty, um, but what I would say is that this, the State Street closure, gives me an amount of hope. Like, I was actually thinking about not reopening wine therapy, and so, but now I have the, I think I should, and so we're working and we're hopefully gonna open it soon, but like, it's it, it was that scary, and until they closed this street, now I think it's a very different situation. Like, Holdren's and Pascucci, like, I think I think they saved them. I don't know that they were gonna go out of business, but man, they're, they're busy all day, every day that they're open. And that's yeah. that's a situation they haven't probably seen for five or 10 years, maybe longer. Maybe and that was only on a busy weekend. And there's been just random weekends where they look like they were on a wait, like yeah. all day and all night for like a Friday and Saturday. And that's, that's really beneficial, I think, for them. Why do you think it took the city so long? Obviously, they had to get explosively creative because of the pandemic, but people have been wanting to close State Street to cars and do a pedestrian promenade uh, or paseo for a long time. Uh, why do you think there was sort of the resistance to sort of just taking a chance and just closing it for a while? You know what? You know, I, do, I know very little about the way a city actually runs itself and mm-hmm. who does what and gets to tell who. But the one thing I've kind of noticed is that um, there were a lot of things that had to happen, like we talked about when they said, hey, make this happen. There's a lot of departments, public works and fire departments and police that like I, there was one week and my patio was gonna be shut down because someone had like a sewer line break in the street and like I had to have like eight people come to tell me that, you know, a fire truck maybe could run over that plant and not my patio so that, you know, they could, I could still have my patio for a weekend. So things like that have to happen so I think when you, as a, someone in the city, if there's not a big crazy reason like this or like an opportunity to just test something, you know, quote unquote test something, it's really hard because there's a lot of people that are involved and a lot of people that, you know, maybe have a rich condo over on Chapala that don't want people to turn down their street because they're mm-hmm. sick of crossing the street and it taking too long. So they're gonna yell at the city council that they don't want this. So there's always that conflict. There was just so much pull in the right direction and city council's young and I don't think they're like, millionaires like I think they actually are more like us like they've worked and they, they're like hey couldn't we work and make a better city and like mm-hmm. man wouldn't it be neat to walk in the middle of the street and skateboarders and bicycles and everyone be able to share the street instead of like don't skateboard here don't do this like mm-hmm. you know and like 
is that really what we want to be? Because I don't think it is. Like, I think this is what we're about. And this is, I think they're going to see it. I think they've, so many, like, I think half the city council came by the first weekend. Like, probably didn't even come near. They were just waving, <laughs> riding their bikes by. Um, Councilwoman Harmon, or their kid and her husband. Like, just the kind of stuff is a city you want to see. Like, you want the community to be down here, like, experiencing. This is, like, the heart of the city. Like, it really is. That's how we're going to make our money. It's how we're going to pay for new schools. And, like, for it not to be great, as great as Santa Barbara is, just never made sense. It really didn't. Walk me through the first weekend, the first day. Uh, so the, mm. State Street opened at four o'clock on a Friday, and then I was here on the Saturday, and there were a ton of people. Uh, I saw you out there as like the host, you know, doing your thing. Uh, talk to me about the energy you experienced when people were coming to you, and you were once again able to do what you do best and be able to serve people. What was that first day like for you? For my staff and I, extremely excited, like that nervous excitement, you know, the butterflies in your stomach. Like, I also realized I had forgotten how to do my job. Not that in <laughs> two months I had forgotten, but there were so many new things, like putting your mask back on when you went to the bathroom or took a drink of water that you just, I've never done before. I've never worn a mask in my life. So like, it was like, oh, and then every time you touch a counter, I have to go wipe the counter. And so like, if I hand you, a handheld to pay with I have to wipe down the hand so they yeah. just need we added like 17 steps not to every single person's job but you know there's five different steps when a table gets up now like now we have to wipe down the seats and not that we didn't wipe them but now you have actually have to sanitize it not just like a yeah, it looks kind of clean I kind of wiped it like you really need to like drench it with we use rubbing alcohol like because we have a brewer so he's like hey this is the best stuff so we're really killing all the germs every time but um, yeah, that kind of stuff was difficult and, and kind of nervous because, you know, I didn't know if the police were going to walk up and shut us down because someone forgot to wear a mask for two feet, you know. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I think that the city did some amazing things. Like, they allowed things to happen, like open containers and all kinds of shit that, um, that normally they would never have let happen. And it was important because people had a good time down here, and that's really what mm -hmm. the goal was. And so... Um, the, the support of people, people that would like walk by and we'd have a line and they'd be like, hey, we don't have time to wait or we already ate, but we're just glad you're open. Like I would, I would estimate over 150 people just oh. on Saturday. Like on Friday, it was kind of hectic and we got open, you know, like five o'clock. Yeah. It was almost dark a little bit later, but on Saturday, like all day, all night, it was just, it was amazing. It was, it was energetic, energizing, I guess, to, to have so many people that, I don't even know I knew a lot of them. I and mean, maybe they're regulars, maybe they've been here, I don't know, I'm not sure, but like, some might not even be our customers and they just were excited to see a business open and State Street close. I don't think I heard one person say something bad about State Street. Mm -hmm. Not that there haven't, I think someone got beat up once, you know, but like, I just mean like, not one person has said, man, this sucks, or too many of it. It's just, it's different, it's open and it's like inclusive. Like, you go on that sidewalk, I'll go on this sidewalk. It just, it's this weird feeling of like, we're all doing the same thing in our own way now again. And it's like, cool. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's the best, it's a billion dollar view. Have you seen the view from like the 900 block? Mm -hmm. It's crazy, you've got like the islands and the mountains and the, it's like the state street points back out the pier and it's like this, it's like <laughs> a block, but I think the banks are in the way and so there's no trees and you can see the trees down here. So it's like, I could walk down there, but I might just, it's man, it's just this gorgeous, like majestic kind of view walking down into downtown Santa Barbara. Yeah. Now, uh, we've had a, a lot of activity with the protests uh, the last couple of weeks. What was that spectacle like for you? You know, here you are at the restaurant. Mm. 
thousands of people coming Amazing. by. You know, like, yeah. did you ever think this would be Santa Barbara? I mean, what, what was your experience with sort of experiencing all that happening, all that energy uh, downtown? Wow, a, a real range of emotions. Yeah. So I know a lot of people that walked. I know some people that organized, especially the first one, where I think it didn't go as well. I don't think the city um, maybe is as proud of what they did the first weekend and then the second I think they fixed it I saw the mayor and city council members meeting with the organizers at the second weekend so they made maybe made a mistake and then fixed it so I thought that was amazing I thought the energy was great I, I think the one thing about Santa Barbara that I, I love about it so much and why I don't even really call myself a local yet even though I've been here for 16 years is that even though there's a lot of money and a lot of people that have made it up here or made it here it seems like so many of them are willing to kind of stop and bend down and help others. And so that's really the thing about Santa Barbara that I love the most and that I think is so important. And that's why like, even my restaurants, like they're more warm and like interest, like they're not just like sit down, drink a Santa Barbara Chardonnay, like, you know, I don't know, like there's, everything seems to be very similar to me. And I just think that that's not really the way Santa Barbara is. It is actually a lot warmer and it mm. needs, and it needs to be, I think in sometimes, but I think the city council and the people, they are always, you know, trying to spend all the money and help all the people. And I think that's amazing because that's not, most cities don't really do that, but yeah. Tell me your story a little bit. Where'd you come from? You say you came here 16 years ago. How did you guide yourself into this very difficult industry of owning a restaurant and a brewery? I mean, how, how did you find this way of life? You know, I ended up, I, I had run a couple of places in Colorado and kind of was just over the scene. I think I kind of understood who owned them and what it would take to own things there. And I just wasn't really interested in that kind of lifestyle and what was going on. So I came here just to get away. I thought I'd bartend for a few years, save up a little money, go back to Colorado and buy a condo maybe and rent it out. And that just kind of would be my start. Maybe someday later I'd own a bar, but you know, I, I fell in with Sharkies and um, they paid me well and I, I worked my butt off and created and then the talked them into buying Sandbar and we, so I ran Sandbar and Sharkies for a year and I ran Sandbar really well for 13 years so um, yeah I think I just realized that I liked people more than I liked books and science even though I was good at it I just mm. I was an honors physics major when I started UCSB back in 91 but mm. never graduated like it was you know it was just became less important because I realized that that stuff while interesting wasn't gonna drive me. Did you live out there? In IV? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 91, uh, three years I lived out there. No, uh -huh. I lived on campus two years and then in IV for two years. Uh -huh. 94, 95. What do you enjoy about the nightlife of people? I, I mean, mm. it looks fun for somebody who does it a few times a year, but it's mm. got to be an immense amount of work, 24-hour work. What, what do you enjoy about it? You know, it's definitely not, like, there's definitely problems. And I think the way that you keep enjoying this is that you know that the people that are problems aren't like the typical customer you know so like when gets someone gets too drunk everyone gets too drunk that doesn't mean they're a bad person it doesn't mean sometimes people get angry when they get drunk you know so like inherently they aren't bad people and so that's the thing i think i have to remember but you know really at the end of the day it's putting smiles on people's faces um it's this weird thing i don't really want to be the owner i kind of want to be the bus boy and i kind of want to like <laughs> wash glasses behind the bar i don't know it's weird I, I and i know i think for most people it's an ego thing and i think the most important thing for me to do is not have an ego because 
I think you stop listening, you stop growing. And I think the people that work for me are actually better at this than I am. Like they actually know what drink is going to be cool next long before I do. I don't really drink much anymore because I'm old. So it's like, mm-hmm. I think it's really important to put these people in a position to make this place better than like, than I can make it really. And how many hours a day are you working? Right now it's crazy because like I said, we're trying to open wine therapy. Yeah. Um, so uh, a lot of stuff at home on the laptop and things like that. But right now I'm not really comfortable leaving the door because there's a lot of people that aren't following the rules. I think there's a lot of businesses that aren't. So customers kind of are left unknowing as to what, how they have to come into a restaurant or what they have to eat or not eat. And so that's all changing, I guess, tomorrow possibly. But um, I just haven't felt comfortable leaving the door. So, you know, if, if people aren't going to be respectful and wear a mask, like, you know, a customer has to wear it for like eight seconds till they get to the table. Like our employees have to wear it for eight or 10 hours and they're sweating. And uh-huh. ultimately they have families that some of them are in poor health and they go home and take care of them. And so it's just, there's amount of, I guess, respect for others that you kind of have to have, or we're not really interested in your money right now, which is kind of a strange place to be. But um, I don't know that I've ever thought that serving someone or not serving someone was could mean life or death and I don't think of it directly like that but there are people that were afraid to come back to work and so if I don't protect them as their boss then I really haven't done my job so I kind of have to say no to some people that you know just don't understand the rules I'm an American whatever you know and they're they can do that and they have their right they can just speak with their dollars I'm fine with that don't come here but we're taking it seriously like we don't we don't want to hurt anybody and that's that's where I think maybe we're a little bit different right now yeah better to be safe than sorry not you know it's life and death sometimes more important than political statements for sure you mentioned something just a couple more things you mentioned something about employees coming back to work I know some restaurants have had some challenges some businesses uh getting everyone who was let go to come back. They might still be on unemployment. They might not be ready to come back themselves. Their own health concerns are uh, something as well. Have you had any challenges trying to get enough staff running and ready to go quickly? Absolutely. We hired the week after we opened, we hired like eight people because I would say we, you know, we asked back probably 75% of the people. the ones we did, it was just random. Like someone only worked two days. We're like, we need people that work five or six days. So someone coming back for two days wasn't really going to help us. So there's certain things that were just weird. Mm-hmm. But really, we asked back about 75% of our staff, and only about 45% came back. Mm-hmm. So um, a couple moved. One got a great job in LA. So like it wasn't always just unemployment was too much. But there were various reasons. Someone broke their lease or was able to break their lease and signed one near their home. So they they're up in NorCal now for six months. So. Hopefully he comes back, you know, but, um, but yeah, we hired six people or eight people actually about seven days after we opened because we knew we were short staff. We, we've only been open like six or seven hours a day. Like, mm-hmm. and so, and closed one day a week. Cause I also can't break the employees that did come back cause right. now they're going to get sick or they're going to not be healthy. And so we're in a worse position. So we think next week we're going to be open every day and then maybe a lot closer to like lunch through dinner time, but, mm-hmm. um, we'll see. It's been a challenge fun part of this yeah so uh just looking ahead where do you want to see santa barbara go they've said that the state street closure to cars opening to people will go till at least the fall and then you know august late august labor day and then they'll figure out whether they want to continue it or not Mm -hmm. Uh, what is your sort of advice or direction to the city looking ahead as they try to manage everybody's interests in terms of downtown 
You know, I, it's funny. I have, I actually have a crazy idea about all this. I think that, and I'm going to email the city council and the mayor. Um, so I haven't told him any of this, but I think that we need to make this permanent quickly because the sooner that they make this permanent, the more time the businesses are going to have to invest in making this viable for the winter. So this is amazing. I, I don't know if having a patio for three months of summer after you had to maybe buy tables and stanchions and heaters and things, I don't know that you actually were able to make money. And you might have. I think my, I might be able to, but like I said, I, I've been running a patio for 13 years, so I'm, I have a, probably a little experience that maybe they don't. So if they made this permanent in the next couple of weeks, I think these businesses could make projections and say, hey, we need to invest in heaters now. We're going to buy them anyways, but might, maybe we make a little bit more money and pay for those heaters before we even need them come October. Um, so those would that would help the city out a lot. I um, mean, it's help these small businesses out, and maybe some of the ones that are on the edge it would give them enough time to project. Maybe there's a, a loan or something else they could do. Because I would argue that they're going to deck these patios out a little bit more because you could do more to make it. Maybe there's some screens or umbrellas you buy to keep it, in, you know, in the rain. Maybe you could still use those. So that will be important moving forward. And the city can start to then also put planters up and things that protect, like. You know, a car could really still ride through State Street and hurt people, and that's something that I don't think any of us want to see. So I know they're thinking about it. The fire department, when we discuss, they're very aware of these situations. Um, and so I think that the quicker they make that decision, the sooner they could move on making things permanent to protect people, which would be a win for everybody. Um, and lastly, I think that the city needs to change because of other things, and I think it's time. They need, I think we need to change the way we police the community. And so... Part of my issues with city, it wasn't with city council, it was just with some ways that um, businesses were treated, like the liquor stores and things. But at the end of the day, um, I think it comes down to rather than a business being in trouble for calling the police, I think a business and a citizen should be able to call the police anytime they're scared. Mm -hmm. And the makeup of their business or a business next to them should have nothing to do with that. And I think the way that we accomplish that is we change the way we police. If I was seen as an asset to the police department when I called them and it said hey there's Bob the meth addict I think took some meth today he's over there yelling at himself in the mirror maybe an officer could pick that guy off before he goes up to Starbucks and stabs someone you know and that's where I think that right now and the way things have been for a long time the dance permits and things it was like you're in trouble you're in trouble you're in trouble and really we should be working together there's cell phones in people's pockets I have great security cameras the police have used three or four times in the first year to help them in situations and so there's a lot of things that people have that if we felt we were together trying to make a better, safer community, then we could. And I think our goal should be to be the safest community in the United States or in the world. We might never get there. There's no award. Like, we don't get a trophy, you know, on, in two years. But I think the questions we have would be very different. Like, there should be a police officer. That they, in rotation, the police officer should have a table in the middle of State Street. Maybe their police dog even. And citizens should go ask them questions mm. they should go meet them they should find out if they patrol their neighborhood because maybe they'd like to stop by and give them a cup of coffee like instead of this being like this kind of adversarial thing mm -hmm. where i think in so many cities across the country it is i think that we could we have enough money we have, we're smart enough we have enough time like we could really change the way we do things and set an example for the world or, or at least the country as to how to do things and i think that might be if they make this permanent, I think we will have the money. Like, I emailed the city council when they made this decision. I said, like, a week after this happened, I said, I think you saved a lot of the jobs of the people that you were scared that were going to lose their jobs in all of this. Police officers, parking lot attendants, all the people, you know, that 
work in the little things. I don't mean the mayor was going to lose her job, but you know, like yeah. little people. And so I think you saved a lot of those jobs by doing this. And now that it's been a couple more weeks, I think that we're going to make way more money. I think the hotels that were building fancy hotel rooms, which I didn't really think matched all the homelessness and crackheads, and I was scared about what this looked like in a few years. I think that all changed right now. Like because of what they did, those hotels are going to fill up and they're going to come walk beautiful state street and then these shops are the, some of these boxes are going to be retail and some are going to be restaurants and there'll be some little wine bars like mine scattered and probably more and more and so that i think is if the sooner they do that they're going to realize what they did and i think they're going to be able to pay for things like changing the way we police like we need body cameras we need to play police officers sit in the middle of the street you know and meet custom you know and citizens and things like that and those are things that i think it's going to cost money. It's going to take training, and there there also might be things that you might need different guns because when there's a sea of a hundred people, if God forbid some terrorist or someone a gangbanger brings out a gun, so you might need a different gun or a different tactics or a different vehicle, and those are the things that we should be able to afford to do because of the decision they made. If they can make this permanent, like I think there will be a lot more tax revenue to do and TOT and all the things that this city makes money on. Those will all go way up, I think, if they keep this. And that, that's, a, that's a thing that I think they should be proud of that they did, honestly. I think they saved a lot of people. Yeah, it's super exciting time for Santa Barbara so, and yeah. State Street. And it, it, notwithstanding all the pain of the pandemic, things have really switched overnight almost in terms mm -hmm. of the vibrancy and energy of downtown. So, so that's largely because of uh, people like you sort of been pushing the city to do stuff, stuff like this, and you're probably going to have to continue to do it. Uh, but it's been my pleasure talking to you, Aaron. Uh, good you. luck to you. And uh, as always, you can find podcasts like this at www.santabarbaratalks.com, brought to you by Kiva Cowork. Thank you.